Hello there, I'm Miranda Gretton and this is Take a Moment with NCHC, the show where we talk to you and your colleagues about experiences that affect you. Listen on your drive between patients or in your downtime, whenever you get the chance to take a moment. Hello, my name's Linda Thomas and I'm the new chair at NCHC. So how long have you been in post as, as the new chair? So Miranda, this is my fourth week, week four. I'm just about managing to sort myself out. As I said, I haven't quite sorted my team's background out yet. I did get my full pass this week with my photo on, so it feels now like I'm a proper member of the team. But yeah, this is the end of week four. Wow, not long. So first month in, how are you finding it so far? Oh, it's been great. Absolutely great. I mean, I suppose the first thing I want to say is... I can absolutely see the people that work within this trust. It's just been brilliant. Everyone has been so super friendly, made me feel very, very welcome. There's not a single person that has like, you know, been aloof or standoffish. It's been great. So I can really see those values kind of living their way through everybody. I have spent time in the in Woodlands House, which is where my formal office is. Um, but actually, I'm trying to get out and about as well. So I was over in Lowestoft with one of our partner organisations last week. And then yesterday, I think the the absolute highlight of my four weeks so far was actually going out with Polly and Jack, one of our community nurses and um, our healthcare assistants, and actually seeing the work on the ground. So there's only so much that someone can tell you about their job but being there with them you must be you know really getting an insight oh 100% absolutely and I think if anybody thinks they know what people do then you have to go out and you have to challenge yourself on that so most of my career has all been about cancer most of it's been in the acute sector so I'm used to being in like you know very very kind of sophisticated hospitals like the Royal Marsden in London or the Christie in Manchester looking at proton beam therapy or revolutionary new treatments and things like that and I think it's really easy when you have that sort of background to kind of think that that the world of health and social care is all about that actually whereas actually it's a very very small percentage so going out yesterday um, and spending the morning with Polly was a quite humbling I came back to the office and somebody said, how did it go? And I felt myself getting really quite tearful because actually it was quite a shock to me, to be perfectly honest with you. And it was a real shock to me to see how people live, the type of care that they need, the amazing care that both of these wonderful healthcare professionals delivered yesterday. Um, And it's all, you know, it's very, very sobering and quite humbling and I think that was a good thing to do to go and see that on the ground and I'm hoping that I can it will enable me now to really be able to talk about the value that NCHC offers within the system and quite frankly right if we weren't doing those that that work nobody's doing that work and those patients would be in a terrible state actually so it was really great. I'm really interested to talk to you about your background. I'm getting a twang of Welsh. Am I right with that? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yes, you <laughs> Tell are me, getting where are you from? <laughs> a total twang of Welsh. So, uh, so I was brought up in a place called Porthcawl, which is between Cardiff and Swansea on the coast. If anybody's ever watched Gavin and Stacey, we are the neighbouring town to Barry. We are Porthcawl. We were big rivals when we were growing up, Barry and Porthcawl. But that's where I come from. Um, and yeah, I spent the first 18 years of my life in South Wales. Uh, I'm a fluent Welsh speaker. I went to school um, and I spoke to all my lessons through the medium of Welsh, history in Welsh and French in Welsh and everything. So, um, and I still use my Welsh quite quite a lot actually with my friends and family down in Wales. Um, and then I decided I was going to go to 
university in England, met and married John, never looked back and never gone back, which I think was a bit of a disappointment to quite a lot of my family. But um, but actually, I've quite enjoyed being able to have that. Um, well, I'm in England part of the time and I'm sometimes in Wales as well. So it's quite nice. But yeah, I'm passionate about Wales, particularly about the rugby. I left university with what I would describe as a very, very average academic credential as a 2-2 from Warwick in psychology um, and decided that really wasn't going to be anywhere, anywhere near good enough to be able to continue with my psychology training. So um, I went off and I did a whole load of things. Communications, marketing is, is, was my background when I was in my 20s. I did a lot of work for like, you know, some really big brands. I did a lot of work with Levi's, for example, the jeans brand. And then somehow I found myself with a baby at the age of 28. Well, I know exactly how I found myself with a baby. But, you know, when you have one of those moments, you think, oh, how did this happen? Um, it was a very welcome baby. It was all, all lovely. And decided I really couldn't carry on with that sort of life. I was living in central London. I was out every night. And I thought, well, I'm going to need to do something a bit more sensible now. So I took a year out. Um, and and then I realised I could use my sort of marketing and PR skills to be able to, to, to do something that was perhaps a little bit more rewarding for me and, and, and sort of worked better with my values. So I walked into a small children's charity called NCH Action for Children and I said, do you have any roles for volunteers? So I basically went and volunteered in their press office for, the, for I was there for about two years. And then I ended up working for the NSPCC Child Protection um, at, at that time was really high on the sort of media agenda. And that was just a brilliant few years working in child protection um, in the voluntary sector. So, yeah, that's how I started in charities. Um, and then I just sort of got to the point where I'd seen one too many court cases with children who were being very badly abused and actually killed by their families and I thought I need to do something that's going to just you know maybe take take a little bit of the, the stress out of that so I decided to go and work for Macmillan Cancer Support the cancer charity which I have to say was brilliant um, thought I'd be there for about two years it was quite a sleepy organization at the time 21 years later I somehow had managed to become the chief exec and wow that organization just went from strength to strength with just doing some amazing things so I loved being part of that organisation and I loved health and I loved that whole how can the voluntary sector be part of the system and how can basically patients be put right at the centre of everything that's needed with their care um, and I really enjoyed that part of it and when I stepped down as in my role last year somebody approached me about the job at NCHNC and I just bought a house in Suffolk and I thought this is too good an opportunity to miss. I had to go through a very rigorous recruitment process which was quite right um, and, and I was really thrilled to be offered it so yeah this is four weeks into my next career with the NHS and I'm really enjoying it so far. You mentioned the Macmillan being a sleepy charity at the beginning. Do you feel like there's a lot that you can do with us for us? Oh, yeah. Do you feel like, you know, how, how are you feeling at the sort of the beginning of this journey in, in terms of moving forward? So actually super, super excited, actually. So I was thinking about this before coming on the podcast. And I guess to paint a picture of a world where in the next 10 years, the biggest, biggest growing population in the UK is going to be the over 65s. And I know not all of our work at NCHNC is about the over 65s, but a lot of people with multiple long term conditions are going to fall into that category. So we're going to have more people living longer. We're going to have more people living with massive multiple conditions. We're going to have no money. And there's probably not going to be many extra people in the system. So we've got to find some different ways of working. And from, from where I'm sitting, I think all the focus has been on the acutes in terms of like, oh, let's get people into, into the hospitals and then out of the hospitals. And, and we've seen where that's got us with massive amount of people in hospitals that don't need to be in hospital because the discharge isn't right. So it just feels to me like 
if health and social care is going to be anywhere in the next 10 to 20 years, it's going to be in the community and finding different ways of doing that and being able to really support people to live longer at home in their best possible, you know, in, in the best possible way possible and to keep the, keep people healthier for longer. That's going to be the role of the community trusts going forward because the acutes are still dealing with the front door and the back door and everything that happens in the middle there. And I think the exciting, other exciting piece, I think, at the moment is the integrated care boards that have been set up. This is for the first time England have said, let's really do a system wide approach. And you mentioned at the beginning my Welsh background. In addition to holding this role, I also sit on the board of a big acute health board down in Wales, which actually has got three hospitals, two community hospitals and a mental health um, trust as part of it, all underneath one board. And I can see how the advantages and the disadvantage of joining everything up, if you like. So I guess that also made me think I want to be part of something at the start of new system working. Um, really looking forward to building relationships with other providers, really looking forward to seeing what can we do that we do at our best? What can other people do when they're at their best? Where is there some shared joint working, looking at ways of doing things quite differently? And, you know, I think the other thing for me, and I'm not just being sycophantic here, but it's all about the people that you work with. And I was really impressed when I was interviewed to be able to think, OK, there's some really good people in this system, but there's a lot of work to do. Um, and I'm super psyched about working with Stephen because I think as a first time chief exec, you know, here he is and he wants to make his mark and he's just all about what's right for the patient. So hopefully the combination of the board, the executive team, the, the chief executive and the chair can deliver great things for Norfolk. And, and I hope that doesn't sound too naive, but, you know, I think you've got to go into something with a sense of excitement and ambition and not just sit back and think, well, we'll see what we can do and see how it's going in a year's time. So, you know, I've started making, um, started having some really good chats with people. And so far, everyone's been super helpful and friendly and showing willingness. So, yeah. Ask me again in 12 months, right, Miranda? See where well, we're, exactly. Where we've we'll, got do a, then. we'll do a follow-up. No, I think you're absolutely right. I think you need to go into it with a sense of purpose. And I think that collaborative working approach that we've sort of just started, like you say here with the ICS and the ICB, it, it's knowing that you're also on a board for that Welsh hospital yes. team is going to be very beneficial for us because you can look at what's happening in other places. It shouldn't just be that we compare ourselves within Norfolk and Waverley. We should be looking further out. We should be saying, you know, actually, yeah. are there any acutes in other areas of our country who are excelling at this who are managing to keep mm, patients at yeah, home yeah. for longer whose just discharge processes are better than ours you know that all of that knowledge is only going to is only going to benefit us yeah and I think that certainly I mean I was really lucky that I had a national role at Macmillan and what part of that was being able to see what was happening in all four nations where best practice was being able to pick up some of that and think actually how can we do it I, I think one of the things that's always frustrated me about the NHS is it does feel like unless it's invented in that particular area, nobody's interested in it. And I always remember having conversations with Simon Stevens, who I knew quite well at NHS England, um, about, you know, he'd say, well, where are you seeing best practice in cancer? I was thinking, well, there's some good work happening in Scotland, actually. But of course, England doesn't speak to Scotland. And the more we can do of that, that the absolute better I think so actually working in collaboration and as you say learning from other people just feels like such a good thing to do and it's great to be at the start in at the start of something I think. My only worry with anything like this is always the staff so we know from our staff mm. survey results that our staff are exhausted and it's not even just the pandemic now it's it's everything it, it's overload it's burnout with the plans to make 
the focus more on the community, which I do agree with, and I'm sure all of our healthcare professionals agree with as well, that it is the right thing to have people at home. However, it's on them. You know, if we, if we say that that's the right thing that we've got, we need to be doing that. We need to be keeping people out of the hospital. What we're saying is we need more nurses, more healthcare assistants, more physios, more, more AHPs. You know, we need more staff. We need more equipment. We, you know, yeah. how are we going to support that kind of infrastructure to support the plans that we want to implement? Yeah. So I recognise everything that you've just said there, actually. And honestly, my heart goes out to people who've been working in the NHS on the front line for the last two, three, four, five years in that the expectation has been that people will just get out of bed every morning and do more than they did the day before, um, particularly during the pandemic, I think, when there was you know, this massive public support for everybody. And then suddenly you don't see that translated into um, some real practical realities like how people are remunerated from a pay perspective and also how people are rewarded in other ways as well. It's, it's not just about pay, pay, but I think health and well-being of the workforce is absolutely the most critical factor. So none of this can happen without a brilliant workforce. None of it can happen. Um, and I think there's a really big job to do for system leaders to start really talking about that and talking about meaningful ways of how that is going to be delivered. And some of it will be needing more people. There's no question about that. But it's all about needing the right people and the right skill sets working together. And, you know, I'm really proud of the fact in NCHNC, you know, the medical team, the nursing team, the therapies team, the healthcare assistance, it's all about that joint, joint working. But that is going to be more important than ever, to be perfectly honest with you, and rewarding roles perhaps that haven't been as, you know, well thought of in the past. So, you know, the growth of like, you know, for example, the therapy teams, the the healthcare assistant, the navigators, the, the you know those roles are absolutely vital, and they're going to be going to continue to be really vital. So I hope I don't come across as naive and thinking, oh, it's all going to be marvelous because I really recognise the strain um, on people. I think there's there's also got to be something about different and new ways of working as well. You know, we've got some really interesting things happening at NCHNC doing the lead role on the virtual awards, which is going to require us doing digital in a different way. During my career, I've been a massive champion about, you know, patients being able to access their health records, for example, electronically, people having access to that. And you come up against an awful lot of people who are like really worried about data and sharing data. It's the only place really within all of our lives that we worry about that. I mean, I don't know about you, Miranda, but I do all my banking online, for example. Um, and I'm really comfortable that actually the, the, the checks and balances are all in place to enable me to do that. And wouldn't it be amazing if we could see the same in, in health as well? But I think we've got an awfully long way to go to be able to come truly digital. And that's that's definitely a big challenge for us. Tell me what has been your proudest moment in your career to date? The best years of my whole career were at the Millen, right? That was my best jobs ever. I just loved it. And I think, again, everything that I feel proud about is always goes back to what did the patient need from the organisation. So um, we did some really great things from a policy perspective, which doesn't always sound like the most glamorous things. But actually, when you get a national policy changed, it works for everybody, not just for one patient. And you realise what a massive impact they had. So we 
we had some really great policy wins, but the one that really sticks out for me was um, when Gordon Brown was Prime Minister, so it was a wee while ago now, um, we were campaigning off, on the back of all cancer patients should have free prescriptions. And the reason we were doing that was because when you're a cancer patient, you have got multiple prescriptions for multiple things. And what we were finding out was that patients who couldn't afford to um, get their prescriptions were basically not taking the tablets. And as an outpatient, that was really important. People were, uh, were pill sharing, for example, i.e. I can afford to get this you can afford to get that let's swap pills and do stuff like that. so there was a whole load of like really compelling reasons why this was massively important and we campaigned about it for a very long time using patients to tell their stories and we were all at party conference one year a labor party conference which was the sort of thing you do when you work for a charity got a little note coming through basically saying that gordon brown was going to announce that free prescriptions were coming for cancer patients and that was just like a brilliant moment where you know the team and i were there and we were all like oh my gosh we can't believe this is happening because you don't get many of those like major wins most of the time you're battling politicians to get what you want but that was that was just absolutely brilliant so very proud moment at that point and you know like when you just thought the massive impact that was going to make on people's lives um so yeah lots of lots of lovely lovely moment but that one sticks out even something as enormous as that always still goes down to the patient it always yeah. comes back down to an individual's experience doesn't it I don't know if everybody fully understands the role of the board and the chair, you know, and how you kind of link with Stephen as our CEO. And I think it's really nice to hear you say that patient is at the heart of everything, because that means you have got a link to to definitely. us if that makes sense oh definitely and I can completely understand people saying well, what does the board do and you know like even sometimes I'm reading the paper and I'm hearing all about these NHS bureaucrats I'm thinking oh my goodness me am I one of those now you know um, but in reality obviously it is all about getting the absolute best for the patients that need the services and for the staff that are delivering that care and really doing doing the very best around that so it's all about what's the impact that going to have on the person delivering the care and on the, that patient when they need that care so yeah and I'm, I'm all about that really what do you want to see change or evolve with the trust let's start with a there's a lot of really good things in this trust it's brilliant it's the building on the really good foundations feels like an important starting place we are not a trust in special measures we are not a trust that's been hauled over the coals for a whole range of things and that is really great actually so we, nobody should ever take that for granted but there is something here about there is a really big opportunity now to start talking about the community trusts in a way that haven't hasn't been talked about before to start delivering care and support in a way that hasn't been delivered and i think that's the opportunity and with the integrated care board to you know suddenly see ourselves as it's not about us or the norfolk and norwich or it's not about us and the pageant or it's not about the acutes who are going to be the, the the big players in the system but seeing ourselves and getting that organizational confidence that actually the future probably starts and ends in the community and is with 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 just a little bit of subcontracting into the acute as and when you need and and just seeing ourselves and building that confidence i think in terms of uh what this trust really can deliver for the growing number of people who are going to need those services so uh, there's something about being part of the system but also delivering that amazing care as well if anybody would like to showcase their work to me i would be so pleased to do that It'd be great particularly i don't know norfolk very well so i want to get to know the county and i want to get to know the people who live in the county so happy to travel 
thank you for listening to Take a Moment with NCHC. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please visit the podcast intranet page to leave a comment and for details of our other episodes. You can also follow NCHC on all social media channels.